Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Mark Purdy. Mark Purdy's a returning guest on the show. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably uh, listened to the other interviews we've done with Mark. He's a great guest. He's taught a lot of people a lot of uh, great things about uh, HST and the rebate process when you're buying new condos. Of course, his website, for those of you who don't know, is rentalrebate.ca. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you again and always enjoy talking to you. You're one of the people in the in this business who every time I talk to you, I always learn something new. So uh, I love that about you. That's good. <laughs> um, and so as I said, uh, we want to, as I said to you earlier, uh, Mark, we want to talk today about assignments. Um, and uh, we, I've written a lot about assignments and we've done other podcast interviews. We've talked to lawyers about assignments. Um, you know, we've gotten the sort of the sales perspective on assignments, but we haven't looked specifically at the HST implications on assignments. Um, and so I wanted to get your input on that specifically here uh, as the expert on HST. Um, but before we do that, I just I give a bit of a preamble for those people who maybe they don't know what an assignment is. So just to recap, an assignment is when you are selling a condo or, or any property uh, before it actually exists. So you, you're, you're actually selling your contract to another buyer. You're not actually selling the property yet because you don't technically um, technically have title to the property yet. So you buy something Usually the way it goes, you buy something pre-construction with a builder, you sign the contract, you give your deposit checks, and then there's a few years of waiting until that property is built and the title transfers over to you. So in the interim, if you're selling it before that happens, that is not a typical resale transaction. It's called an assignment. Um, Some people know it as flipping. You're flipping your condo. Um, And so that is what an assignment is. Generally, the reason why someone might want to sell an assignment, um, well, there's different reasons, but usually it's uh, circumstances change or uh, a significant profit has um, occurred and they want to take advantage of that without actually going through the process of taking title. Now, the reason why somebody might want to buy an assignment, um, there could be a number of reasons for that, but... uh, Usually it's the idea of buying something that is brand new that you can move into um, uh, very soon or immediately in a building that is typically sold out or or very close to being sold out. And so there's an opportunity there for a buyer and there's opportunities there for a seller um, in doing an assignment as opposed to waiting for that transaction to close and then selling it after the fact. Now, as I've said on other episodes, we've talked a lot about pros and cons of selling or buying assignments, uh, but we haven't really dived into the issue around HST, and I haven't really seen any materials from anyone anywhere talking about this. So wanted to uh, bring in Mark today and uh, talk to talk to you about it, Mark. So Sounds great. let's, uh, yeah, so with that little longer preamble than normal, why don't I hand it over to you, Mark, and just say, 
um, and open it up to say, you know, how is the how does it work with HST, and what are the sort of some of the uh, what are the things that especially a seller of an assignment needs to know? Okay, well, it's actually an interesting one. We get um, several calls a month uh, from people who are looking at buying assignments or looking at selling assignments and trying to understand the HST rules. Uh, we get a lot of calls from from lawyers as well talking about assignments and trying to understand the rules. So it is interesting that you called. Um, one of the things that I found out is that when you go into assignments, nobody seems to understand much. So I spent a lot of time working with the CRA to understand their rules, their interpretation, and why they interpret it that way. Um, so let me kind of give you that feedback. So first of all, like I said, there's two, two sides to the assignment. There's the assignor or the seller, and then there's the assignee or the buyer. The assignor really is the one who's at risk in, an, in a sale assignments from an HST perspective, okay? Um, what happens for an assignor or the seller of the property, the first thing that Revenue Canada has to decide is whether or not when you sell that property you should be considered a builder, okay? And what that means is if they look at what was your intention when you purchased the property and why are you selling the property? And this is your exposure issue. Typically, though, if you're assigning a property, selling the property before you take occupancy of it, nine times out of ten, they're going to rule you a builder. And if they rule you a builder, then you now, like any other builder, are required to collect HST when you sell the property. And that's a big issue. And that's something that people really, really aren't prepared for. Um, they go a little further. There's a guideline that actually explains everything from a builder's perspective as far as HST and assignments go. But what's supposed to happen is this. If, if I'm the, the purchaser of the unit, the original purchaser of the unit, and I put uh, buy a property for $300,000, and I put 20% down or $60,000, and I want to assign the property, first thing I want is I want my $60,000 back. When I get my $60,000 back, that's not considered a return of a deposit. That's considered a taxable sale. So that $60,000 return of your deposit, which is not what it's considered from CRA's perspective, is subject to tax, which means you get that $60,000 back, you owe 13%. Okay. The next thing you want to do in an assignment, obviously, is make a little bit of money. You've held on to this property for a period of time, so you want to try and make some money if you can. That markup is subject to tax as well. So if we look at it, and let's say that you know, we buy a property for $300,000, we hold on to it for three years while it's being built, then we assign the property for $340,000. There's a $40,000 markup subject to HST and a $60,000 deposit subject to HST. So now the seller owes HST and $100,000, roughly $13,000 in HST that they have to come up with. Okay. Nobody's aware of this. And this is your exposure. So what ends up happening is they go along and they close on this assignment and nobody says anything at closing. Six months, a year down the road, Revenue Canada calls up and says, we'd like to have our HST. The reason they're looking at assignments is, is first that. Because now they can look and they can say, you sold this property, you got your $60,000 back, you got your $40,000 markup, that's $100,000, we want our $13,000 in HST. So that's the first reason that they're there. The second reason that they're there is now they can ask you about capital gains. All right, if you've sold an assignment, you've made money on it, how did you treat the profit? 
And that's really why Revenue Canada is focusing on assignments, and they are focusing on assignments. Um, I probably get 20, 30 calls a month from people who've been approached from Revenue Canada with regards to assignments. People who've been sent letters saying, can you itemize all the information about all the assignments you've done in the last three or four years? All of those are subject to HST, and all of those are subject to capital gains or taxation issues. So that's what's happening on the, the seller's perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sell an assignment, the, the things you want to consider are, will you be considered a builder? Nine times out of ten, you will. Should you be collecting HST? Yes, you should. You should be always collecting 13% on your reach fund, your deposit, and 13% on your markup. The problem is the market doesn't support that. If you tried to sell an assignment plus HST, no one's going to buy it, which means you're going to end up eating that 13%. Okay. Now let's shift gears and talk about from a buyer's perspective. And yeah. see, Andrew, if you want to go into more detail on that, we can, but let me give you the general statement. On a buyer's perspective, you have to treat things differently too. Because with a buyer, when I buy a property, I'm entitled to a, a, an HST rebate, whether I'm using the new home rebate and I'm applying through the builder, or I'm using it as an investment property, because both are perfectly legit with an assignment property. The issue, though, is if I file for my HST rebate on closing with the builder, I'm going to end up leaving money on the table. Right? What ends up happening is the builder can only give me an HST rebate based on their original purchase price. So again, if we go back to that example, I buy the property, builder one, or the, the original purchaser buys the property for $300,000. They would end up having to pay roughly $24,000 in HST on closing, and the eligible rebate would be roughly $24,000. Perfect. When the second purchaser comes along, the assignee, they're buying the property for $340,000. But the builder can only give them a rebate, the first builder can only give them a rebate based on the original purchase price of $300,000. So on closing, the person who bought the assignment would have to pay $24,000 and be eligible for a rebate of $24,000. And that's regardless of whether it's the new home rebate they're applying for because they're a primary resident or the new residential rental program if they're an investor. So in that case, they're only eligible for $24,000. The issue is they're leaving money on the table. Because as we talked about in the the seller's perspective, they have to pay HST on the return of the deposit, and they have to pay HST on the markup. So in theory, there's $13,000 of extra HST. So what that allows the... the, um, the buyer, to, the second buyer, the assignee to do, is they can actually claim a percentage of the HST paid as a result of the assignment to a maximum of $30,300. So what they can do is get more money back than they actually paid on closing. And we're seeing that quite quite often. People will pay the $24,000 on closing, and in this example, they would probably get closer to $30,000 back. Okay, but they can only do it if they apply after the fact. Because the legislation is very specific, you can only apply once when it comes to an assignment. You can either apply 
with the builder, if it's a new home, and it's going to be a new home rebate, you can apply it through the builder, pay your, not pay $24,000 and get that immediate credit, or you can pay the $24,000 and apply for $30,000 back. Does that make sense? Clear as mud. <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, I think it, it made pretty good sense to me, but uh, I'm saying what probably many people uh, who are listening are thinking um, is it, and that's the, that's obviously the, the first thing, uh, like you said, you're getting calls from lawyers, people who are supposed to know this um, as part of their professional requirements, you know, as real estate lawyers, they should know this stuff inside and out, but yeah, you know what? nobody does. To a certain extent, Andrew. On the other hand, I don't know if I do. Um, okay. One of, the, one of the issues is we're going to real estate lawyers who are real estate lawyers. They're not taxation lawyers. And really, this is a taxation issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why there's a disconnect. Oftentimes, the real estate lawyer understands the rules, but they don't understand the tax implications. Right, right. Valid point, valid point. Um, but it is, uh, you know, this whole conversation does outline and underline the uh, that it is a somewhat complicated issue, especially, I mean, for the layman to understand. But... Um, so that you've you've given us a great explanation from the buying and the selling side of how it should work, but as you also alluded to, in practice, it doesn't work like this at all. Why don't you just, you know, tell us how in practice it actually works, um, and then and understand that the rules about assignments and and HST predated HST. This was a, the situation with GST as well. Um, if you did an assignment, you were considered a builder, and you were supposed to pay GST, and you were supposed to pay GST on the return of your deposit, and you were supposed to pay GST on the, the markup of your product. And again, mm-hmm. treating you as a distributor of a product, so any income or any money you get a result of that, you're supposed to pay GST on, or HST as it is today. Um, it hasn't been done. Right. Probably the easiest reason for that is in the past, nobody really knew how to track when an assignment happened. Right. right. If you go back six years, Revenue Canada didn't really know, but now they do. And that's thanks to FinTrack. Mm-hmm. Right? Now what happens is when I put a deposit down on a property, my name, my social insurance number is associated with that deposit. And it stays with that deposit and that property all the way through. And then all of a sudden, somebody else closes on it. So it becomes glaringly obvious to Revenue Canada something happened. Right. So Revenue, yeah, Revenue Canada now has a tool to track. That's right. Uh, if there's differences between original buyer and actual closing on the property buyer. Yeah, and and that's really their only tool. Uh, we can't do it by you know trolling the internet. We can go through the internet. We can find someone who's assigning a property, but they never talk about the address. So it's right. really difficult for Revenue Canada in the past to track someone down. But now with FinTrack, it's very easy. Andrew put a deposit on this property. Mark closed on the property. What happened? Right. Right. Had to be an assignment. If it was an assignment, why didn't we get our piece? And, of course, that's what they start with. They start with, okay, so if there was an assignment that happened here, Andrew obviously got his money back. If he got his deposit back, we're entitled to our 13%. Andrew? Where's my 13%? Mm-hmm. 
That leads to the second question. Did you make any profit on this? Great. We want our 13% of that. Which, of course, leads to the third question. What about our capital gains on the profit? Right. Well, now, you know, the next question is, how often have you done this? Because right. too often, maybe we're no longer looking at capital gains on the profit, but we're looking and saying, you're in the business of, and we want full tax. Right. Exactly. Why Revenue Canada is looking at it. We've had clients who come to us who one of their assignments got got flagged by Revenue Canada. Not a big deal. They ended up owing about $13,000. But when they went back in history, they realized that this person had been assigning properties every year for the last four years. Mm-hmm. He was assigning two or three properties every year and making good money at it. But he was paying capital gains as if it was just capital gains. Right. Not only does Revenue Canada get to go back and recoup all of the HST for all of those transactions, I think there were nine transactions, but they also get to go back and say, now let's look at taxation on the profit. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, of course, as the seller of the property, you have no idea it's coming until it happens. And that could be a year and a half, two years down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've forgotten that you even own the property by that. Right. Yeah, for anybody who's listening who has done assignments uh, and they haven't got that nasty call from the CRA, is there a is, is there a like a statute of limitations, so to speak, on these? Like, if it's past two years, CRA is not, will not uh, cannot recover that, or is it they could recover it from ten years ago? How does that work? You know, what? you know, I haven't heard an answer on that. I've asked that question a couple times. Uh, what I do know, though, is that the statute on HST is seven years. So in theory, they can go back seven years. Will they go back seven years? Probably not. Having right. said that, if they go back two years and they find out that Andrew, and I know you haven't done this, Andrew, but they find <laughs> that he's assigned four properties in the last two years, they're going to keep digging. Right, right. Right. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There's smoke, there's fire, and they want to come up with a history. Right. And of course, not only do they get their HST back and they get their, their tax back, or capital gains, whichever it is, but they also charge interest and penalties. All right. Because yeah. nobody found out in the beginning, should this be taxable? And really, you know, as, as a go forward, what should you be doing if you're doing an assignment? And, and there's lots of reasons to do assignments. But the first thing you should probably do, if you can't charge HST on the transaction, which most times you can't, you should at least be circling that little line that talks about the seller's lawyer will determine whether or not this sale is subject to HST. And then you should be going to your lawyer as the seller and you should be saying, can you get on the line with Revenue Canada and find out whether or not the sale is subject to HST and whether or not I'm going to have to pay HST on closing? Because if I do, let's get it dealt with today. Right. And what uh, and is that referring to the 9 out of 10 times it is? Like what would be the 1 out of 10 times that it isn't? Well, one out of ten times, it comes back to that whole um, frustrated intent thing. Uh, it's it's hard to imagine an assignment that doesn't fit into the rules of this is a, a taxable event. Okay. But let's let's imagine I buy a property, and and again, most people who do assignments buy more than one. But I buy a property with the intention of living there. Um, down the road, five years down the road. We're getting closer to closing on it. I've been transferred out of the country, and I'm not going to be able to live in that that property. 
I can probably assign the property comfortably without having to pay HST on the sale. It probably won't be a taxable event. But really, the best first approach is to call Revenue Canada. There's a specific number for HST rulings and ask the question and say, here's the situation. If I sold the property because of these reasons, would it be taxable? And they're going to tell you. They can even send it to you in writing, and now it's it's an act. It's, it's part of the law. You've had a ruling. No one's going to question it anymore. And now you can comfortably sell that property. Right. Really, that's what you should be doing. If you're not doing that, then you should at least be preparing that you might have to pay all this money. Right. Right. And, and you know, we talked about a very simple example of $300,000. But I know where you are, Andrew, that the average deposit isn't 60000 bucks. Sure. Sure. There's deposits where yeah. you're looking at two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand dollars in deposits. Mm-hmm. If you have to pay thirty-nine thousand dollars in HST just to get your deposit back, you're not very happy. Right. 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 So that money that the seller should be paying the HST on the uh, recovered deposits and on any profit. Is there a way t- for them to recover that? money or is it that's just gone they can recover a portion of that money but a very small percentage uh, effectively if, if I were to let's go to that same example the $300,000 property um, so there's $60,000 in deposit that's being recovered and $40,000 in profit that's being recovered so in theory we have $100,000 that's subject to HST yep We're going to say it's $13,000. It's not because it's built into the price. But let's say it's $13,000 for argument's sake. The portion that's recoverable of that $13,000 is any HST that you had to pay in order to sell the assignment. So for instance, they hired a realtor. Right. And the realtor made $10,000 in commissions. And, of course, those commissions are subject to HST at 13%. That's $1,300 that's paid to the realtor. Right. $1,300 would come off of the 13000 that you owe to Revenue Canada. Okay. Right. Maybe you paid legal fees and there was a couple hundred dollars in HST there. So right. You might be able to recover some of that HST if you have the forethought to do it. Right. But just marginal amounts. It's a marginal amount. You might get 5 or 10% of it back. Okay, so for the, now obviously hundreds, probably thousands of assignments have taken place in Toronto over the past few, let's say, two or three years. Um, You know, very, very, very small number, if any of them have actually gone through and, you know, and done it right as according to the procedure which you outlined. Uh, declaring yourself a builder, collecting the HST, and so on. So, in the in the field on the ground, nobody's actually doing this. Are you basically saying that? Well, I should also just add that so no one's doing it, and and you know probably ninety eight percent of people are not getting any you know calls from the CRA yet. Are you basically saying that that is changing, or that is about to change, and that? Um, you know, the more and more people who have done assignments in the past year or two or who are about to do an assignment and who are not going to be doing it the way you described, 
they're going to be getting these letters and calls from the CRA and, and having to pay this HST? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they are, and, and they're starting to get them in droves. Um, uh, if I look back six months ago, we hadn't we knew a lot about the assignments at that point, but we'd never actually filled in applications for people who did assignments, the assignors. Right. Now we're probably doing two or three a month, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is, and, and you know, as Revenue Canada puts more feet on the ground, if you like, my guess is that we're going to see hundreds, if not thousands, of, of clients or, or assignments being reviewed this year alone. Wow. Right. So this and, you know, and, and that really is the bulk of where it's happening is in the mm-hmm. marketplace. It's happening in some of the other communities, obviously, as well. But my understanding is that they've got several auditors on the floor. They've got a whole team devoted to this because not only do I, like like I said, not only do they get to collect that HST, yeah. but then there's the taxation, right? It's a right. huge opportunity. And in the instances where I've looked at or people have approached me, on average, the client who's coming to me and saying, look, I got a call from a Revenue Canada and this is the issue with my assignment, on average, Revenue Canada is collecting you know, $150,000, including the HST, and the capital gains are the taxation from this client. Wow. Well, if you're Revenue Canada and you find one person, right. you get to collect $150,000. Yeah. It doesn't take you very long before you get more people out there asking the same question. Right, right. right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Said, you know, yeah. To protect yourself as the seller of an assignment, you have to first ask the question, if I sell this, would this be taxable? If this is taxable, can I charge the HST? Will the market allow me to do that? Right. Right. If not, how do I mitigate the risk? You know, do I put the money aside? Do I send the money off to Revenue Canada in advance? Of course, keeping in mind, if you don't send it to them in advance, it's it's subject to tax and it's subject to interest. Right. It's subject to penalties. Um, obviously, the first approach is talk to your realtor. Right. Can we sell this property plus HST? Right. Not, Market value, yep. yeah. Can we sell this property and let's talk to our lawyer? Let's get a ruling. Let's find out if this is going to be subject to HST. And if it is, let's make sure that we submit the HST on, online or on time so that we're not getting penalized even more. Right. That's yep. worse than getting this later. And then from the assignee's perspective, in most cases, you're going to buy this property and you're going to pay HST on closing. Right? If it's an assignment, I would always say pay HST on closing to the builder. Whether it's going to be your primary residence or an investment. Because nine times out of ten, same percentage, you're going to get more money in HST back than you had to pay. So if you had to pay twenty four and you get thirty back, that's a deal. You just made six thousand dollars. Right, right. That's free money. Free money, yeah. Yeah. The exposure, though, for the assignee or the person who bought it, what happens when you're dealing with an international seller? And this is going to become a problem. It hasn't yet. Right, right. The non-resident buyer. So we go back to that same situation. Andrew is selling the property, but Andrew lives in the States. But he's assigning the property to me. I buy the property... We, after the fact, Revenue Canada determines this is a taxable sale. If they can't find Andrew to get the HST, they're coming to me. 
Is that possible? Is that, I mean, could, could the... Perfectly possible. They, you could shift to the buyer. You could shift to the buyer. Because the someone has to pay Revenue Canada. Right? Revenue Canada is entitled to this HST. And if I can't find the builder, the, the builder which is the Andrew in this case, builder, right. if I can't yeah. find him, I'm going to go to the other person. And now Revenue Canada comes to me and says, Hey, Mark, sorry to say this, but you owe us $39,000 on the, on the purchase of that assignment because that was a taxable sale. So I now have to come up with this HST, whatever it was, $13,000, I think was the number. So I have to pay this $13,000, and now it's on me to find Andrew to get my $13,000 back. Right, right. How well, is that going to go over? Yeah, so definitely uh, don't buy <laughs> an assignment from a non-resident seller. You're out there shopping. Considering it, and again, if I was the buyer in this case, and I knew that the person selling the assignment was a non-resident of Canada, then I would talk to my lawyer, right? And I Mm -hmm. say to my lawyer, "Can you find out, or can you determine with Revenue Canada whether the sale of this product is subject to HST? Because if it is," And we know this as as the buyer. We know that the sale is subject to HST. We can now put a hold on that money so that it's submitted to Revenue Canada. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. We can force the other lawyer because the other lawyers they're they're just going to follow the rules. If the buyer's lawyer says, "Look, we've determined that the sale of this product or this property is subject to HST," right. Do a hold back. And you confirm. The seller's lawyer is going to do a holdback, and they're going to confirm. And if they confirm that, yes, it is subject to HST, that HST is going to go off to Revenue Canada. Right. Right. So now as the buyer in this case, you're protected. Yes. Yeah. Great advice for the buyer. Absolutely. Now, um, going back on the sell side, is there is there any way to structure an assignment uh, that you have seen or that you can think of that would avoid all this altogether? Like, cause there's different ways that you can do assignments, um, you know, assignment on the day of closing I'm thinking of, or just different ways that you could structure it. Uh, is there some loophole or something that you, you know, that you could avoid this entire, um, scenario? There are some rumors of ways that would work. Uh, one way that would work is a mutual release by the builder. And this isn't going to happen very often, right? But in this case, what would happen is Andrew would buy the property originally. He wants to assign the property, but in order to not have to deal with this whole HST, he goes to the builder and says, look, Mr. Builder, I have a client who wants to buy the property. Can you release me from my obligation and sell the property to them? Now, obviously, the downside to this is Andrew's not making any money. Right. Right, he's going to get his deposit back, and he's going to be his deposit back is going to come back from the builder. In which case, it's not subject to HST, so that's okay because it's actually right. return of a deposit. Right. Um, the purchaser then gets to buy the property at that agreed upon price. Right. And Andrew doesn't have to deal with the HST issue, but obviously Andrew's not going to make any money, so that might not be a great way for Andrew to go. Okay. But since we're talking about assignments, one of the other ones I want to talk about quickly is. One of the things we've seen a lot lately is where builders have offered free assignments to anybody related. Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, we want to be very well aware of that. 
it truly still is an assignment. So if, if Andrew buys in a property and just before closing, he wants to assign it to his mom, his dad, his brother, mm-hmm. and the builder's perfectly fine with that, that's great. But you first of all need to get the right paperwork. You need to get an amendment or an assignment of the sale. Okay? You can't just do a change of title using a direction of title on closing. If you do that, neither Andrew nor the brother is entitled to the rebate. Really? So if Andrew's buying the property and just before closing he wants to put it in the name of his brother, he wants to put it in the name of his company. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. In a situation like that, using a direction of title, neither Andrew nor the person whose name it was put in is entitled to the rebate. They still have to pay the HST. Okay, but neither party's eligible to get a rebate. Okay, and that's happening a lot. And that's because of the whole free assignment thing. That's what's driving this, is this free assignment. And, of course, everybody says, well, just just do a direction of title on closing. Yeah. What we truly need is we need a real amendment, real assignment. And that assignment has to transfer over the rights and the responsibilities of the original purchase and sale agreement. Because with the rights and the responsibilities are also the rights and responsibilities to the HST. Okay? That's important. But keep in mind... What about uh, just a name change amendment? Delete purchaser one name, insert purchaser two name. Is that the same thing? Sure. As long as it's illegal and signed by the builder, signed by the, all the parties involved, that's okay. perfectly fine. So you're saying just the, the direction of title method where... The title just changes the name on closing, but it doesn't carry right. rights and responsibilities of the purchase. Of the actual contract. Interesting. Yeah, because that is the way it's it's sort of always done or typically done. Simple process, and there's nothing wrong with it in resale. Right. In resale, it happens all the time. I buy a property, I put it in my hold coast name, I'm closing, no big deal. Really, there is a tax issue there, but that's a different story. But legally, there's no issue with me putting it in something else's name. Mm-hmm. But from an HST perspective, I can't do it. Because if I do, I'm exposed to losing my rebate. Hey, but now nobody's entitled to get it back. Right, right. Now, so just carried on that with that same thing about that free, free assignment. So let's say Andrew decides to assign the property to his brother on closing, and he does all the right paperwork. He gets an actual assignment document, and he gets it signed by the builder and by Andrew and by everybody else that has to to sign that. And now we've got it changed, as far as the purchase and sale agreement goes. There's still a question about. Taxation. When Andrew assigns it to his brother, is, is Andrew's brother going to give him back his deposit? If so, that deposit being returned is subject to HST. Right, right. Yeah, it's getting into the same thing. Same thing. Or what about the other way? Let's say that Andrew decides to assign the property to his brother. He's not getting his deposit back, and he's not getting any markup. There's a taxation issue here because now Andrew's brother is getting enhanced value, right? I bought the property for $300,000. I put $60,000 down. Property's worth $300,000, but you're only going to have to pay two forty dollars on closing. Right. 
I've just now transferred sixty thousand dollars in value to my brother. Right. Tax issue. Right. right. What if that property is appreciated? What if that property has appreciated is now worth three hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Now I've transferred one hundred and ten thousand dollars in value to my brother. Effectively, I've evaded tax on that profit. Can't do that either. So you have to be aware of that. If, if you're doing that free assignment, you have to be aware that, again, Revenue Canada's going to look at that. They're right. going to look at the fact that yeah. you put the deposit down and Bob closed on it. Right, okay. All right, so... You're entitled to a percentage. Right, right. HST, whether it's... You've got $100,000 in extra capital or extra appreciation that you didn't pay anything on. We want our money, right? So you really, really want to be aware of it when you're doing these assignments. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, great advice for how to, how to uh, what not to do, I guess, in terms of direction of title. But rather you want to yeah, always make sure that you've, you've done that. Uh, if you're doing it, transferring to a family member or whatever, you want to make sure that you paperwork correct right from the start. If you want to do that, let's say that Andrew originally put a purchase and sale together with his name on it, and he wants to put it in his, in his business's name, A, you could do an amendment. You know, could add your name to the, the purchase and sale agreement. Yep. Right? Now it's in the name of Andrew and ABC Company. Yep. Now on closing, you can close it in the name of ABC Company. Exactly. Yep. It's acceptable. What's important there is that the the name on the the closing document is somehow associated with the rights and responsibilities of the purchase and sale agreement. So if you know you want to do that, you want to put it into your company's name, add your company to the purchase and sale agreement via uh, an amendment. Then you can close it in your company's name. Then your company is entitled to the rebate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, Mark, we are uh, we're up against the clock here. It's uh, it's been a great conversation as usual. We've talked to cover a lot of different things. Um, I'm sure we could keep going for. Yes, unfortunately, we could. <laughs> another couple of hours uh, with all things HST. Is that... Thanks again. The thing with HST, obviously, is, is if you're selling a property, you always want to have HST not included in the transaction if you can, right? So that that way is subject to HST, the buyer is going to have to pay it. But most important is have your lawyer do a ruling. Have your right. lawyer determine whether or not this sale is subject to HST when you're selling an assignment. Right. If you're doing it from a buyer's perspective, really you should be doing the same thing. You should be going to your lawyer and saying, is this sale or is this purchase going to be subject to HST? Because that way you're covering yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess from the from the seller perspective, you wanna have it, you wanna say essentially in the contract that the buyer is responsible for the HST if, yeah, if, if the HST I want the buyer to pay it. Yeah, and then vice versa if you're the buyer. Yeah, and if if it, if you're selling it and you can't get the buyer to pay it because of the market conditions, at least you know going in. Right, it's a whole different it's a whole different deal when you're selling a property for three hundred and forty thousand dollars and you think you're making $40,000 in profit, that's one perspective. But when afterwards you find out that you lost $13,000 in HST off the top, it's a whole different perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sell the property at that point, because now you're yeah. saying the four costs, like real estate costs and everything else, 
I'm only making $27,000 if I sell this property. But at least if you know that going in, then you go, okay, so I'm only making $27,000. Do I still want to go ahead with the transaction? But if you believe you're making 40, and then afterwards you find out that no, truly you only made 27, and then from that 27, you took off 14 to your realtor, and then you took off three to your lawyer, and then you took off, and, and you know, you're not making any money. It's a whole different outcome. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously at that point you say you might as well close on the property, rent it out for a year, and then sell it and avoid the whole mess. Yeah, potentially. I, I know one of the things that when I talk to people, when they ask me questions, typically before they get into an assignment situation, that's part of the conversation. Let's look at all your costs. If it's going to cost you $13,000 in assignment, but it saves you having to pay uh, $12,000 in, in land transfer tax, maybe that's worthwhile, right? Because closing a property in Toronto is a little more expensive than closing a property in other, other cities. Sure, yeah. Yeah. If you can look at all the math beforehand, then you can make an informed decision. It's Like I say, it's one thing thinking you're going to make $40,000 and finding out you only made two. It's something different looking and saying, okay, I'm actually going to make five, not $40,000. At least you know going in. Yeah, absolutely. That's how you make an informed decision. You ask all the questions up front. What would it cost if I didn't do this? If I just closed on the property and rented it out... Maybe you're further further behind, right? Maybe it's better to sell it through an assignment, but at least recognize that you're not going to make the forty thousand dollars that you thought. You're only going to make ten. Right. Yeah. Know know the facts. Have the have the correct numbers up front, and uh, it's the only way to make an informed decision. Yeah, and and you know obviously that requires a little bit of planning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Mark. Uh, again, thank you so much for your your expertise again today and um and feel free like i said in the past if anybody has questions or concerns you can reach out to andrew obviously or you can reach out to me and i'm i'm always there to give you an advice great yeah i know i appreciate that about you too mark many many of my clients have called you and they really appreciate that too and again mark if people want to reach you rentalrebate.ca is that the best place to go that's the best place to go that's the easiest place to find me great rentalrebate.ca okay mark thank you so much And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.